Hey, local listeners, this is your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast, where each week I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. What we do is we share their story of success and challenges and their journey and how they became a community leader. I truly believe that behind every small business is a story that needs to be shared. I want to put a big thank you to my sponsors, Exacta Corporation, Think Possibilities, Think Exacta. Rare leaders, connect, collaborate, contribute. Where leaders come to thrive and grow. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode, as well as always love your feedback. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is your host, Rob Kohansky, with Local First Podcast. I want to make a special announcement coming this December to keep an eye out for Rare Leaders Podcast. Again, keep an eye out for Rare Leaders Podcast coming out this December 2020. It's been a long time without you, my friend. Welcome, local listeners, on another episode of Local First Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest today, a good friend of mine, Tony Jalen, founder of Rare Leaders. How are you doing, Tony? Hey, I'm doing amazing, Rob, about yourself. I love that. I love that intro you just gave me there. I love it. I'm not going to delete it either. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys, today we're going to take a little deep dive into Rare Leaders and the conversation behind it. Um, we're also going to take a look at some of the pillars behind Rare Leaders and uh, dive into some of the prim- principles behind Rare Leaders. I'm also part of this group. Group and it has been finance fin- fantastic in the year of 2020. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of rare leaders, hey, Tony, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of your background and who is Tony Jalen? Well, a little bit of background on myself. So I'm originally actually from North Dakota, uh, born and raised in North Dakota and moved here in 2010 and here being uh, the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. And my background has been in sales and business ownership, actually going on now probably about 24 years. Nice. I like it. I like it. Huh? So you staying in Milwaukee? Yeah. I, I mean, I do like Milwaukee. I have been looking at some places in Belize just because that just looks amazing down there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of a weather change. A hundred percent. I love it. I love it. So why Rare Leaders? Where did this idea come from? Well, since my 20s, I've had a passion for leadership. I've had an opportunity to learn from some amazing leaders, ranging anywhere from people that I worked for, and my, my, own, my own parents, um, to leadership people that we've all heard of, from John C. Maxwell um, to, um, what's, what's another one that I, Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn, yeah. all-time classics. And I just had a passion for it because I truly believe that, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership. Actually, um, that's a quote from John Maxwell. And when you get better at leading yourself first off, you can have better relationships, which will also lead to better leadership, which will lead to better results. So I've had a passion for it. And growing myself as a leader, I think, is the first place to start in all, helping others tap into their who they are as a leader. You know, it's something you said that uh, um, that last statement here, it all starts with you. And it really does because it's you can't lead others until you get yourself straightened out. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this theme over and over again over the last month or so. It keeps coming up. Is as much as people want to help <coughs> others, um, you really got to start with yourself before you can start helping other people. Right. Yeah. It's an inside-outside job. Right. You know, and it's sometimes 
tough because, you know, we all struggle. We all go through and experience different pains, but I believe through struggle comes growth mm-hmm. and through pain comes change. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why uh, Rare Leaders started. What have been some of the challenges of getting this all started? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges was closing the chapter on the story I was telling myself. What was that story? Well, why me? You know, why should I do this? What right do I have to go ahead and, and do this? You know, I guess you can say that some of the negative self, self-talk self would, so would creep in. You had to give yourself permission to do this? I had to give myself permission. <laughs> and, you know, it was one of those things, and I remember it clear as day. You know, they say it doesn't affect you until it affects you. And, you know, back when COVID-19 hit us all, you know, February, March, I was probably like a lot of people thinking, ah, it's going to come and go just like everything else. And it's evident now we're in November and it hasn't it's come going, and go. It's getting worse. It's getting worse because, you know, everything falls, you know, in terms of the Midwest, we are about six months behind. But what was happening was is that because I have worked a lot on myself over the years, I work on not letting things affect me as much. You know, I truly believe that thoughts are just that until you attach a meaning to it. And when a friend of mine texted me that Chicago was on lockdown, it became more real all of a sudden. And I was literally thinking, oh my gosh, should I go to a grocery store? And you're probably laugh at this. Get some toilet paper. <laughs> toilet paper. I don't know why. I'm like, not, how did this just happen? Not food. Not vegetables. <laughs> not, not, not vegetables. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. <laughs> and when we, I laugh at it now, but it was real. Yeah. You know, but what really got real to me is when I, you know, because I work with business owners. I'm part of I'm board of directors for different asso- associations. Um, I was getting all these text messages and phone calls and people saying, what do I do? And I realized that a lot of business owners, salespeople, they were feeling alone. Yeah. They're feeling on this island of like desperation. And I'll never forget, I had a conversation like at 1045 on a Tuesday night. And it was a conversation uh, with myself and the big guy upstairs. Okay. I'm like, what the heck do we do? What do we do? And I remember actually you and I were sitting down, we're having a one-on-one and I stopped you. This wasn't that night on that Tuesday. When I stopped you, I'm like, I got to write this down. I wrote down the word rare. And I know I didn't have an idea where it would really lead to because that was actually, you know, four days prior to that Tuesday. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you want me to do something with this rare? (laughs) And, um... I remember you and I were talking like, you're like, all right, let's do it. And I shared the idea with you of what we wanted to do. We, we want to, you know, create this space for people to come to, um, a, a people for they can connect with one another to realize that they're not the only ones going through the challenges that COVID presented to be able to collaborate with ideas. And there were some amazing ideas that came through the conversations which we had and then also to contribute because I didn't want to be that person to look back six months later and saying I didn't do anything. Right. I love it. I mean, it, it's, I remember that too. And you're like, well, here's the idea. And, and in two weeks, 
Yeah. We started having conversations and we gathered people from all over the world. And those conversations were just truly awesome. And the, the amount of work that went in behind it, it was just, it was amazing. We get a group, good, great, great group of people that are just, you know, the, the core of this. You know, and that was important too, because I think a lot of times in life, the reason why we don't do things is because we're, we feel like we have to do it all alone. Right. And like you said, in a matter of just two weeks, a team of people got together that believed in the same cause. Okay, let's go ahead and create a community for people to come to, to go ahead and learn ways to become more resourceful, more adaptable, more resilient, and willing to engage in this time. Because either one of, you're gonna be one of three people during that time, either someone that's gonna do something, something to, to wait to see if it's gonna go and boil over, <laughs> Or are you going to be a third person that's just going to wallow into the situation, become a victim of the circumstances versus a victor of the circumstances? Right. I love that. And you just mentioned that the listeners don't realize he just mentioned the uh, the four pillars. Why don't you go back, you know, RARE and what are those four pillars and what do they really mean? Yeah. So RARE stands for it, a leader who is willing to be resi- resilient. Actually, I'll back up two steps here. Rare is something to strive for as a, as a leader, and it's also a mindset. So first off, the first pillar of rare is resourceful. During that time, during now, is we got to find ways to be resourceful as a leader. You know, whether you're leading a team, whether you're leading yourself, and a lot of times those resources are right below our nose. <laughs> yeah. You, they're there and you don't even realize it. Right. You know, in my, growing up in a family of nine children, um, we didn't have a lot. You know, I remember there were times when I would come home, open up the door, and wonder if the lights would turn on or not. Mm-hmm. Yet the one thing I, I saw exhibited by my parents is they were always resourceful. It was never a lack of resources that kept us from doing things. It was about like, how can we be more resourceful? So my dad would be one of those guys that'd say, all right, everyone, let's go ahead and jump in the station wagon. And let's go to the park. We're going to have a family barbecue at the park, <laughs> you know, or whether it was him, you know, he got laid off from his job saying, all right, Tony, let's hop in the car. And we literally would go door knocking on people's homes in the fall to rake their lawns. Yep. And he was being resourceful. He was being resourceful. And I think that was one of the biggest things to realize and not to be, what's the word? Um, Looking for the new tool. I, I mean, that's, that's you know, it's that, that, that butterfly or that thing that's just that new thing out there that you've got to go after instead of looking at what you have already in front of you and yeah. being, I would say, thinking out, I'm not thinking about the box, but just seeing what's already in front of you and the tools that you already have and your abilities that you already mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. and the people that you have around you. And that's a big deal. That goes back to why and how Rare God started, is that I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know exactly how we're going to go ahead and put a, a, a Zoom conference with, you know, almost uh, 80 people on it from around, like you said, around the world that wanted to come here and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what they were going to walk into. I didn't know what <laughs> they were going to walk into. <laughs> but it was like literally transformation. And that comes down to the next part is that we had to learn all how to adapt. Exactly. You know, I was watching a TEDx talk one time. And they said the number one skill set to develop is adapting. 
though a willingness to adapt. We saw that in in the business community. Some businesses were willing to adapt Mm -hmm. and some weren't willing to adapt. If you're not willing to adapt, you're going to be out like the dodo bird, extinct. Extinct, yeah. I mean, you're seeing it a lot. You know, some of, I've seen some of the restaurants that some of my friends have that they own and they adopt it and they're doing better now than they were before. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because they adapt it. But again, this comes down to that rare mindset. Are you willing to adapt as a leader? The next pillar was being resilient. You know, no one knew, no one knows how long everything of this was going to, is, was going to last at the time or is going to last. I think a lot of times, you know, we have this mindset of resilience, someone who had to go through really tough times. And there's some truth to that. I think we all can relate to different stories we all have in terms of we had to find ways to break through. But as a resilient leader, you know, sometimes you've got to go ahead and not sugarcoat things. No, you can't. And, you know, and share the brutal truth. And one thing I learned during that time when I was leading my teams is that I share brutal truth. And sometimes the answer no one may like at the time, mm-hmm. but it actually empowers you. It makes you realize, okay, you know what? This thing can go on for months and we can go ahead and spend all this time and thinking of what could happen versus doing something, going out there and doing something. And that was what my thing is. I wanted to go ahead and do something for all these business owners, and it wasn't just business owners that hopped on. It was community leaders that hopped on. Um, people who served in public office hopped on. We had um, people from the pastoral community hop on. We had stay-at-home parents hop on. Yeah. Was, and that was amazing. It was a really diverse group. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think one of the key things before we get into that last pillar was, is, you know, we'll get into this in a little bit too, is some of the, one of the principles is leave the titles at the door. Mm-hmm. So that was really powerful. It was huge. When you were having those conversations, and that leads us to the, the last uh, pillar. Being willing to engage yeah. as a leader. Sometimes the unknown keeps us from engaging. You know, I truly believe if I hadn't shared the idea with you and didn't engage you in that conversation, it would have never happen. You know, over, over 500 people attended calls, calls in the first four weeks. Right. That was amazing. You know, but again, if I wasn't willing to engage and I was nervous to not only engage with you on it, but engage with the other people on part of the team on it, we wouldn't have made the difference that we've made. And it was, I truly believe that we didn't make the difference. I believe that there's the power is in the community, you know, and the answers are in the questions. And that goes back to what you keep on mentioning is the conversations. Like all changes happen through conversation. Right. And in the conversations that we had within that, that group, I mean, they were so powerful and people really got vulnerable and opened up mm-hmm. in those conversations and the, the relationships were that were built. Oh uh, I mean, the things that came out of it that we never expected, no. never anticipated. No, you couldn't have. Like, here's a couple of things that we heard people say is we're like the unnetwork. Right. You know, this wasn't another webinar. It wasn't another, you know, PowerPoint presentation. We wanted to get people together. We wanted to build a community. And what we did on these calls is, you know, we had our initial, you know, set the stage for the conversation, like what we're going to talk about, whether it's the topic of being resourceful, whether it was the topic of being adaptable, resilient, engaging. And then we actually did breakout rooms. And I'm telling you, these conversations were so 
rich. And like you said, the vulnerability of complete strangers opening up and sharing where they were at, Mm -hmm. sharing ideas of how they've adapted, and then sharing that idea and all of a sudden empowering someone else. And that's where we talked about, you know, part of Rare Leaders is, is connect, collaborate, and contribute. You know, if you're coming here to our conversations, it's about con- contributing to others. Exactly. We want to make the world a better place. Yeah, it's not, it's not all about you. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not all about you. And it's one of our, that's one of our principles as so, well. So we're going to transition to that. So we just got to the pillars. And, you know, like any good business and any good leadership, you have principles that are built upon it and that, that guide you through this process. So we've mentioned a few of them right already. So uh, one of them was uh, leave the titles at the door. Yep. And that was, that was huge because sometimes those conversations can really change. You know, you come in there and I am CEO of this or I am owner of this or I am doctor of this. Sometimes that perception can change that conversation. And it could be as simple as someone's, the way they look, the, you know, and that's the other thing we had. We made sure that everybody's camera was on. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted people to engage. Yeah, otherwise you get booted out. You got booted out. <laughs> I don't think it's fair if I'm on video and you're not on video. Right. But when we, the principles came about because of the fact we want to really create an environment of growth. And the first principle being leave the title at the door. And what people shared with us was it was so refreshing because, you know, if you're going to a networking meeting, which there's tons of networking groups that add a lot of value. I've grown and built great relations from the networking groups. But what happens? When you walk in the door and saying, I am Mr. So-and-so or CEO of XYZ company, people have a different lens. Mm-hmm. So when all you're doing is introducing yourself and saying, hi, I'm Tony Jalen, and I live out in the Milwaukee area, there's no title. Right. And what I think it did is it showed that no matter who you are, where you come from, you have value that you can bring to the table. And we even got into uh, what we even got into races and color and skin color and all those types of things. And that, and, you know, we left that all at the door. All the door. And it really was, I mean, it really was a truly open conversation and everything was just left at the door. And that, that's what made it so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think also is, you know, we had people from different countries. Yeah. From the India, you know, from Sweden. Um, Except the UK. UK. <laughs> and it was so cool because, you know, we start the conversation like, listen, leave your titles at the door. There's tons of different networking groups out there you can go to that you can promote your services. Mm-hmm. Do it there. Do it there. Here's about developing yourself as a leader at, in your home, in your community, and your workplace. That's awesome. So what are some more of the, uh, the principles, Tony? So the second principle is being quick to listen and slow to speak. Mm. Because what we're doing here is having conversations. That was, that, I remember that because sometimes um, uh, while leading some of those conversations, I had to step back and think about that principle and instead of giving my opinion of what someone was saying, let the conversation keep going and let them talk it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that was, that, was, that was a good one to like put in your back pocket. Well, well think about it. How many times are we having conversations and we're thinking about what we want to say next? Right. So when you put that as a principle that, okay, you're going to mean these conversations. And yes, you can add value to it, but be quick to listen and slow to speak. Because yeah. here's why. 
before you can influence anyone, you got to understand and appreciate their world first. This is not something that I think people are born with. No. <laughs> you know, they could say introverts prior to maybe this yeah. way, you know. But like I've had to train myself to be quick to listen and slow to speak, especially about things I'm passionate about. Oh, no doubt. Or even that, especially, with, yeah, you, you hit it right on the head is with, uh, you know, being passionate about it. Or, you know, I, I can recall times when, you know, I'm sitting here having a conversation with my wife and as she's talking, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to say. Yeah. Or and you, you missed half you the missed, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's no different than, I mean, you could, you could talk about the different elections things going on here now. Yeah. Like, I've seen situations where if I could have said, you know, everyone, what if we were just all very quick to listen and slow to speak, how would this conversation turn out differently? Mm. And again, it's about, you know, having those better relationships. If you have better relationships, there's going to be better leadership, which is going to translate to better results no matter where you're at. So that that was an important principle. Be quick to listen and slow to speak because we we all want to know that, hey, I can bring value to the table. But sometimes the best way to do it, and when we're going through all the different situations from George Floyd, you know, to um, the COVID thing, one of the best ways to show support for other people was sometimes just to listen. Just to listen, yeah. Just to listen. Just to listen. No doubt. So what's the next one? Um, it's not all. It's not all about you. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Oh man. You know, and it was. It was one of those. <laughs> Principles that took some people um, off guard. Oh, no doubt. Because they're coming to these conversations to grow, mm-hmm. to become a better leader, to become a better, you know, it could have been a spouse. It, it could have been whatever it may be. That's why they came here. But now we throw the principle, hey, hey it's not all about you. <laughs> because I think the best way we can go ahead and lead others is by serving them. And not making it about us, you know. It's about giving. And that's what we talk about, you know, one of our things is contribution. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. It's not all about you. What's the next one? The other one is respect and, uh, and honor others' opinion. Yes, because you don't know where they come from. You don't know where they're coming from. And you don't know how they're feeling that right. day. You don't know what just happened to them. Right. And you just got to take a step back and just, you know, it comes back to listening. Right. Well, we grow from other people's perspectives. I mean, again, that goes back to principle number one about leaving the title at the door. I learned so much from the other facilitators by simply respecting their perspective. Because at the end of the day, it's their perspective. Right. At the end of the day, when you get feedback, you know, and I heard this on recently on, on a podcast, is a feedback is a gift. Oh, no doubt. Sometimes too people sometimes people are too hard headed to take that feedback in with an open mind. Right. And I'm I'm guilty of that. Oh, no doubt. Because I get passionate about certain things. There's certain things that I believe. But yet at the same time, by not listening to other people's perspective and respecting where they're coming from, mm-hmm. it can sometimes rob me of growth. So that's why it was a principle that I'm like, okay. You know, we're having such a diverse background of people here. And you, you know what's the beautiful thing about it? When you're having, you know, 70, 80 people on a call and you're able to have, like, organized conversation, people not speaking over one another. Right. Like, that blew my mind. It did. Like, when I was like, okay, here, guys, here's the <laughs> idea I'm going to have. We're going to go ahead and do breakout rooms, and then we're going to do a large, like, collection of everyone's, you know, thoughts, takeaways. 
it was empowering to know, like, you know what? You can do this with small groups or big groups. But yeah. if you, everyone comes up with the premise, like, you know what? I'm going to respect where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I may not have to agree where you're coming from, but I'm going to respect it because, you know what? That's your right to have it. Exactly. Exactly. Are there any more? Yeah. I think the other thing is, is that, you know, when you're, when it comes to principles, and these are actually principles on how to have the conversation. Sure, sure. Is, you know, let's go ahead and gather up everyone's feedback. Like, mm-hmm. And what's, what's our, like, common thread? Like, how are we all connected here? And then I think the, the final principle was to take action. I just don't want to have a conversation just to have a conversation. Oh, I want action. Action. Oh, yes. I, I can remember calling people out, like, okay, I was, make sure you write this down. <laughs> Because I'm going to be asking you next week, yep. write it down. Right. Because if you're back in my group, I'm going to be, hey. We want to be have some accountability. Right. You know, I think a lot of different places, um, you can learn a lot of phenomenal things, but where's the accountability in it? Mm-hmm. And I know that accountability is like the glue to create change. And when you're doing this with a group, and it was just one thing you had to do. Exactly. It was just one, one thing. thing. Just one thing. It could have been as simple as, you know, I'm going to have that uncomfortable conversation with my peer that I didn't want to have. But I'm going to go into it with the mentality I'm going to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Or it could have been, you know, I'm going to reach out to that client that I've been sort of avoiding. Hmm. Or I'm going to go ahead and write out my gratitudes. So we led with those principles. And again, the power came in the community. Exactly. And we asked, and the thing is, the time that was invested by all the facilitators, even though the conversation was only an hour and a half, if I was able to go ahead and give people a behind the scenes look at those conversations, they were amazing because we had a, we had a, like a topic for each conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, then we went through a process of, okay, here's the questions we got to ask. And here's the flow of the questions we got to ask. It wasn't just, hey, let's go and get together and just ask random questions. No, there was an intent behind it. Because again, our goal is to connect others to, so that way they can collaborate and contribute. I mean, there was one person who said that, you know, I've been wanting to go ahead and do a live webinar for two years. And because of the, you, you forced me to get uncomfortable here, I did it. And next thing you know, she looked at her phone and she got paid $50 for a free webinar. And she just texted back to the person and said, why did you just give me $50? She goes, oh, it was worth more than $50. But it was free. No, you don't get it. You added value to me. We could have done 1,000 conversations, and that was the only result we got out of it. That would be amazing. There was one person who said that you know, they wanted to get better at their speaking. So we created a safe environment for that. And had a banner year for their business, like best ever year. Like they brought new employees. You know, it helped me out personally. There was times in which I was going to have to have conversations that I didn't want to have. But because learning from other people's perspectives, it helped me gain perspective. Yeah, I love it. So how do, how do people find out more about Rare Leaders and where, they, where do they go to? Well, we create a private Facebook group. And all you have to do is go to groups and Facebook and type in rare leaders. Rare leaders. Got that? Rare leaders. Yep. Okay. R-A-R-E leaders. And we're doing some exciting things in this group. Um, we're going to be coming out with a rare leader challenge. It's going to be for 10 days. We're going to be talking about how to go 
unlock your potential and go from autopilot to engaged. And the most important thing is it's a community of people that have left their title at the door and realize, you know what? We can make this world a better place. I love it. I love it. All right. So this next segment here, Tony, we're going to do some rapid fire questions and then we're going to wrap that up before we get into that. Um, you can ask me one question, any question I'll do my best to answer. All right. Go ahead. Ask away. So I get to ask you questions. Ask me a question. Yeah. All right. So, well, I ask you the question when it comes back to rare leaders, because you've been with um, rare leaders since the start. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the the one transformation you had going through the process? For me, it was really um, for for me it was opening up and having those conversations, and not only having those conversations with the group of people, but I was able to reach out to, like you said earlier. Uh, family members that I was avoiding and wasn't speaking to and made it a point to reach out to them and have those conversations and open up to them. And some of those relations actually grew because oh, of that. That's amazing. You know, so that was really, you know, it forced me to, to, you know, take a look at first myself at what I'm doing and what the story is I'm telling myself and then going, okay, why aren't I engaging? Why aren't I being adapting to, you know, what it is and not respecting where they're coming from and just leaving it all at the door and having those conversations, and it really turned out really well. Awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to ask you a few um, rapid-fire questions, and then uh, we'll go ahead and get this wrapped up here. Uh, if you could give, if you could speak at a TED Talk, what would you speak of outside of your expertise? If I was to speak at a TED Talk, what would I speak outside of your expertise? Hmm. Owning the stories that are holding you back. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. What obsessions do you explore on the nights and weekends? I like to fish. Yeah. I like to fish. <laughs> I like to go fishing. <laughs> I'm just very curious about the human species. Oh, yeah. I'm constantly looking at and reading what drives human beings to do what they do. That, that'll take your entire life to do oh that. Oh, my gosh. That's but it's amazing, crazy. though. It's just the little things that you learn, you know, that we all do things because we want to experience a certain emotion. Oh, no doubt. That's one little thing I just learned in the last couple of weeks. If you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? One gigantic billboard. With anything on it, what would you say? Yeah, I got to go on. Live. Forward. Live? Okay. Okay, last one here. How has a fail failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? How has a failure or an apparent failure set you up for, for future success? Oh, it was in 2000 and it was, yeah, it was 2009. I thought I was going to be promoted. Mm -hmm. And then I drove down to Iowa for a leadership meeting and I was told that I was no longer longer going to get the promotion. That was when I was lived in North Dakota. Okay. A year later, I'm offered the opportunity uh, through Heartland to take uh, to be the division manager for Wisconsin. Mm. So that earlier of what I felt was a failure propelled me to have an amazing life and to meet people like yourself who become great friends. So that no turned into a greater yes for my family. That's awesome. That's awesome. So if you guys want to reach out again, feedback is always awesome. Uh, make sure that if you like what you hear, subscribe with uh, some other people that you like, at least one other person. Also, if you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook. Just search for Local First Podcast. Tony, any ask or requests from the audience? Any last parting words? You know, number one, I want to say thank you for having me on, Rob. It was awesome, man. It's it's great to be here with you. I've seen you evolve tremendously since you and I first met. It feel, feels like we met years, years, years ago. ago. I, it's, it's maybe a year and a half. And who knew that this would be the, the path and the journey that oh, we'd follow. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So I'm very appreciative of you Senior and grateful brother. for you. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing is, is that if it, there's an ask, is be good, be kind to others. I love it. Be kind to others because there's a lot of different things that can go ahead and create um, disharmony, um, angst, Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we have a choice. Yes. And how we treat others, how we speak to others, even how we think of others. Mm-hmm. And just want to encourage everyone to be kind. You know, and I, I would love for you to become part of the Rare Leaders community. Oh, no doubt. You know, we're on Facebook, Rare Leaders, you know, group. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. And I just want to find ways to bring more people together um, to make a difference. One person at a time. If that's all it takes. One that's all it takes. Thank you so much, brother. Hey, thank you so much, Rob. <laughs> Take care.